Hi, everyone. Thank you for welcoming us again into your homes. Since it's kickoff Sunday, we are jumping out of our series about listening like Jesus. And a text uh, came to my mind that I wanted to share with you from 2 Kings chapter 3. In the story of 2 Kings chapter 3, the kings of Israel, Judah and Edom, wanted to squash a rebellion by the Moabites. I guess they had been troubled by the mosquito bites, and now we have the Moabites causing them trouble. But their plan of attack was to go around behind through the desert of Eden in order to uh, get to the Moabites from behind their army lines. And uh, this is kind of like the Three Stooges, the, these three kings, the Larry, Curly, and Moe, or perhaps in modern, uh, in modern uh, moviegoers' uh, talk, this would be the dumb, dumber, and dumbest of the, uh, the battles that uh, the kings fought, because these guys were notorious for not following the Lord or not looking after what the Lord had called them to do. They decided to ask a prophet of God for help after they uh, ran afoul, uh, after they got into big problems because they ran out of water as they were going across the desert of Edom. And uh, so then they asked for someone to, uh, to help them find a prophet of God. And Jehoshaphat, the king of uh, Judah, suggested Elisha. Now, Elisha was the servant of uh, his uh, famous pre predecessor, Elijah. And so they uh, march off to find Elisha and ask him if he would inquire of the Lord what they should do now that they were stuck in the desert uh, and had run out of water. Well, Elisha is reluctant to talk to them because of their notoriety, because of their infamy, because of their reputation. But he inquires of the Lord for the sake of Jehoshaphat, the, the king of uh, the area to the south uh, around Jerusalem, Judah area. And the Lord gives a promise and a directive. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 15 to 18. I'll read it to you from the New um, American Standard Bible. But now bring me a musician, says Elisha. And it came about when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, this is what the Lord says. Make this valley full of trenches. For the Lord says this. You will not see wind, nor will you see rain, yet that valley will be filled with water, so that you will drink, you, your livestock, and your other animals. And this is an insignificant thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also give the Moabites into your hand. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you for your word, uh, written so long ago, uh, intended to instruct us. I pray, Lord, that we would uh, hear the voice of your Spirit in your word, and that we would respond with faith and obedience as you call us to uh, follow you uh, through this next season of our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. So the Lord gives a directive and a promise through his prophet Elisha. He basically says, this is what you must do. You know that valley that you're in? You know that desert where you're stuck? You need to make it full of ditches. You need to pick up a shovel and you need to dig ditches. You're, you're not going to see the rain. You, there's not going to be a storm, but those ditches will flood with water from some kind of flash flood, and you will have enough water for your animals and for yourselves uh, and uh, for whatever you need in order to fight against the Moabites. The water will come, 
but they had to dig the ditches. This was hard work, especially in the light of the fact that they had been marching. Uh, they had run out of water, so they were very thirsty. And they were to dig when they saw no sign of rain, no sign of cloud, no sign of storm. Uh, but this was what the Lord wanted them to do. And then he would provide the miracle of bringing the water. Isn't that like the Lord often works in our lives. And in the New Testament, we see this happen quite often with the ministry of Jesus and the miracles of Jesus. Remember one of the first miracles with the disciples and the catch of the great uh, catch of fish. Remember they had fished all night and caught nothing. And Jesus said, cast your nets on the other side of the boat. And when they did, they caught a, in a, a great number of fish in, in, in so much so that their boats nearly sank. Uh, they had to do something before God did his miracle, they had to respond in faith and obedience. In the similar way, these, these three kings and their armies had to respond by digging ditches, by picking up a shovel, by doing the hard work of preparing for the uh, water that the Lord was going to supply. You see, the Lord invites us to participate in his work. Uh, he could have provided the water without their involvement. He could have provided the fishes in the New Testament to the disciples. Uh, he could have... Uh, done it all on his own. But instead, he chooses to involve us in his work, in his miracles. Uh, there are two great needs that I see that confront us as we come out of this time of COVID, as we begin this new season of life in our families and our churches, etc. As we head into this next season, I think we need to focus more clearly and carefully on community and mission. After all, this is, this is the heartbeat of, of, of every church that, that intends to take Jesus seriously. Uh, the great commandment to go on into all the world and preach the gospel. The great, the great uh, or pardon me, the great commandment to love one another as he's left us. And the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I sense that during this COVID season that we are coming to the end of, that uh, COVID has made this difficult and, and uh, challenging for the last two years or so. Uh, uh, and and when, we, when we talk to people about what they're really missing and what they've really felt has been lacking during this time of COVID, it's uh, these two issues, uh, the issue of community, a sense of belonging, a sense of closeness, a sense of uh, fellowship, and this sense of mission, because we've been so focused on ourselves, we've been so focused on our own needs and, and the craziness and, and the, the pivoting and the challenges of this season of our lives, that I think that uh, we've, we've forgotten a little bit about others, the little, the lost, the least, and the lonely, those outside our bubble, those outside our, our small sphere of influ influence. Uh, this is what we need to work on. This is what uh, Jesus wants to accomplish through his church. He has through the, since the very beginning of the church. And I think these are the two areas, this area of community and this area of mission, that are, have been challenges, challenges to us this last year. And we need to work extra hard in seeing uh, how, what we can do to participate in the work of God. Because we know this is what God wants to do. He wants us to fulfill the great commandment and the great commission. Well, shoveling is hard work, isn't it? A um, number of years ago, my uh, house flooded. We were living in North Vancouver, and it, the, the basement flooded. And I discovered that there was a blockage between my house and the storm drain on the street. I bought one of those augers, and I, I, I began going down the trench, you know, the pipe that, that was going down to the, the street. And it went only one of three or four feet, and I hit a blockage. So I said, oh, well, that's what I have to dig. And so I dug down about five, six feet down below the, 
the foundation of the house. And sure enough, there was a blockage. And I cleared that, put the auger in again, went another three feet, another blockage, dug down there. And so I had these holes. And finally, I discovered that, that the whole uh, line was blocked all the way to the street. Every three feet, there was another blockage. And so I ended up digging this trench 30 feet long from my house to the street. And by the time I got to the street, I was six feet underground. I was down below my sidewalk, which ran up to my house, and I had mounds of dirt everywhere. And I discovered when I got to the end that someone had never hooked up my drain from my house actually into the storm drain in, in the street. And that was the cause of the blockage. And so I, I ended up having to put a new pipe in and, and fixing the problem. And we never flooded again after that. But boy, Digging that ditch, digging that trench was hard work. I, I worked like 24 hours at it and just dug and dug and dug and dug. And by the time I was done, I felt like a mole. And I was, I was, uh, <laughs> my body was not used to that kind of work, I'll tell you. And, and uh, you sure feel it. Well, uh, it's the same way. These, I can imagine the soldiers being told to, to dig trenches, to pick up shovels and go to work. And them saying, eh, you know, we need rain. We don't need ditches. We need rain. And, uh, but this is what they had to do. Faith and obedience are required to see the miracle. Often in the middle of the Lord's work, in the middle of his will, in the middle of, of doing exactly what he wants to do, us to do, it can be very difficult. It can be hard and challenging. Uh, you know, faith always requires a response, an action. Although faith is a noun, it acts very much like a verb in that that when we talk about faith, we're not talking about simply something that we believe or something that we hold inside our minds or inside our hearts. It's about something that we actively are involved with, that we actively do. We do. And very similar to the biblical idea of, of, of love, of agape love. A love is not simply an emotion, it's something that we're involved in. It's something that we do. It requires effort and energy, and, and people don't know they're being loved unless something is seen, something is felt, something is shown as part of that. And in a similar way, God is going to do this miracle for these three kings, and yet he wants them to participate. In, in very similar fashion, God is wanting to create new energy and new revitalization in the church, and he's asking us to be involved in, in community in new and refreshing ways and in mission in new and refreshing ways. We have to work at this. Uh, community involves unity, connection and belonging. And, and have you noticed that, that during this time of COVID, unity is something which is just, just uh, very difficult to maintain. Even among families, differences of opinions regarding the vaccines and wearing masks and, 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 and opinions and medical opinions and all of that, it's, it's difficult to maintain unity. And connection has been very difficult outside of our bubble. A lot of people are afraid. A lot of people aren't mixing. And in fact, it's almost a strange thing when we see crowds of people gathered. We say, oh, well, uh, that's, that's unusual. Is, is that really appropriate? Belonging has become something which has been very difficult uh, during this time of, of COVID. Well, mission involves refocusing away from ourselves and our own needs and beginning to look and be concerned about and pray about the needs of those near and those further away, uh, even to the very ends of the earth. So mission is about refocusing our thoughts, our energies, our prayer life. So here are some community possibilities that we need to be focusing on. I think, first of all, we need to focus on generosity in our opinions. 
I, I think that we need to really be careful not to assume evil intentions when people have a different opinion than what we might have regarding COVID or, or regarding anything. I think sometimes uh, when we hear someone believe something different than us, we, we, we assume motives that aren't really there at all. And uh, let's assume people have the best of intentions and are, are really wanting people to be well and, and for us to be well and for, for the world to uh, be uh, uh, healed and, and back to normal both socially and, uh, and physiologically. Uh, let's re-engage in ministry opportunities as they become available. As we move out of this COVID season, uh, more ministry opportunities will become available, more opportunities to talk to our neighbors and be in community in our neighborhoods, more opportunities to be in community in our life groups, at our church or in church services. Let's take every opportunity to re-engage and, and move out of our, our comfort zones because sometimes after after being clustered as we have been and in, in, in our bubble, it, it feels somewhat foreign and somewhat difficult to move out of that and to move into fully re-engaging with people. Let's think about mission possibilities. I think that the whole idea of mission uh, begins with our refocusing on prayer, uh, praying uh, not simply for ourselves, but praying outward, praying towards our neighborhood, praying towards our missionaries in foreign country, praying towards our friends who are distant from us. But I think mission begins with prayer. And I think prayer then becomes the stimulus for us to actually uh, not just stop at praying, but begin to do something in order to reach out with the good news or with help or with love or with joy or with peace to those who uh, really need uh, our loving support during this time. Well, our upcoming sermon series will focus on this kind of thing. Uh, our next series, which starts the week after next, is called Made for Monday, uh, Work in the Glory of God. It, it's really a study on, on how important work is and how it, it's, it's not a, a result of the fall. In fact, before the fall, uh, uh, Adam and Eve worked. Uh, work is really a blessing from God. It's an opportunity for us to become involved in His work in meeting the needs of people around us. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the importance of work and how, and how we can be a blessing to others and how we can reach out to others in, and be called by God in whatever our occupation may be. And then after that, we're moving into Advent. And the Advent series is about being prepared, getting ready for a miracle, because that's what the Christmas season is all about, getting ready for a miracle. And then we're going to move on to that to, uh, to look at um, blessing our neighbor, and we're going to give a really helpful and handy uh, tool to be able to know how to reach out in, in a mission way to, to our neighborhoods, and we're going to use the acronym BLESS. Uh, begin with prayer, B, L, we're talking about uh, listening to people, E, eat with people, which is a really important part of being in connection with people. S, serve people. And then another S, which stands for that we will not only serve people, but after we serve people, then we can tell our story to them about who Jesus is and how he has uh, done some wonderful things in our lives. Then after that, we go into our church-wide initiative where uh, every ministry, every program, every individual in our church is all studying the same thing. And we're going to do a deep dive into Romans chapter 8, and the series is called If Then. And we'll find that in Romans chapter 8, which is perhaps the greatest chapter in the whole Bible, 
it has a lot of if-then statements. If God be for us, who can be against us? And we'll talk about that in terms of uh, how we uh, are given everything we need so that we can serve God effectively in our family life, in our church life, in our work life. So let's pick up our shovels. Let's focus some energy on community. Let's focus our energy on mission. I believe that God wants to do a miracle. I believe that something good is going to come because we will focus on what Jesus is asking us to do in the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Be intentional about building relationships during this next season of our lives. Pray for others, both near and far, and look for opportunities to dig into that. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you that you have called your church in your great commandment and in your great commission to love one another, to love you with our whole hearts to serve one another, to bless one another, to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. Lord, I pray that we would cooperate in your plan. And as we come out of this COVID season, I pray that we would, we would be re-energized as we focus on, on, on these two aspects of our life of faith. We thank you that as we do that, you'll provide the miracle. You'll bring the, the people into our, into our social circles and, and into our friendships where, where we'll be able to share the gospel and, and you will enable us to uh, develop new levels of community and find new ways to do community with people and, and help people to feel like they belong and they're, they're part of the family of God. Lord, thank you for your great love for us. Thank you that you do work in us and you do work through us. In your name we pray, amen. We have a question of the day, and as you contemplate this question, we'll be playing some music, and after about a minute, I'll come back with a concluding comment. The question of the day is this. Can you determine to pray for your neighbors regularly? Now, when will you do that? And what is your plan? I've discovered unless we have a plan to do things, we rarely do them. So that's the question. Can you determine to pray for your neighbors regularly? When will you do that? And what's your plan? In Genesis 50, verse 20, it's the story of Joseph and his brothers. And, and uh, his brothers are afraid of what Joseph is going to do because they have done him wrong. They had sold him into slavery. And uh, he had spent a long time in prison and had all kinds of uh, tough things happen in his life. And uh, they're afraid of, of retribution. They're afraid of what he was going to do. And, and his response is, is a famous response. It's a wonderful response. He says, you meant evil against me, but God used it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Well, couldn't that be true of COVID? Couldn't it also be true that what the enemy has attempted to do uh, for evil God can turn for, turn for good. Uh, perhaps as we have pivoted as a church and, and, and churches have gone online and churches have been more intentional about all of that and reaching more people, uh, couldn't this be a way that God is helping the church to be strengthened, to look ahead, to look out for others? And, and as we've, we've lost, our, our, to a certain extent, a sense of community as we've been distanced from each other, uh, we've really begun to appreciate the importance of community. So what was intended as evil, God can turn it around 
for good in our lives. Well, one very practical way to uh, help uh, become involved in God's great plan is to be involved in Pray Abbotsford. This is September 26th to October 2nd. And this is about praying for our neighborhood. It's like a prayer walk, a virtual prayer walk of our neighborhood. And you can sign up for Pray Abbotsford in at www.prayforabbotsford.com. If you can go there, you can sign up to pray for your neighborhood. We'd encourage you to do that. We'll see if we can get every neighborhood and every street in Abbotsford covered uh, and prayed for during the week of September 26th to October 2nd. That would be great if you would be involved in that. Uh, We would be pleased to hear your stories of uh, what happens as you bless your neighborhood. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful week.